Welcome to the Bright Business Women podcast, where we explore the backstories of successful business founders, company directors, authors, speakers, creative geniuses, and professional service providers. Listen as we explore what makes these creative, lively, enterprising people tick. Expect the unexpected, true stories, life hacks, funny anecdotes, even some outrageous controversy, if we're lucky. I'm your host, Pauline Bright. Let's dive in. Episode 7. I was inspired to interview Doffy Abersmith when I first heard a little about her roller coaster ride, how even in the face of adversity, she has the resilience to rise and rise again like the phoenix. What I love about Doffy is her ability to keep reinventing herself. When she lost it all, her financial assets, her shop and her relationship, she was determined not to let that hold her back. As a child, nobody saw one iota of talent in Doffy until a teacher recognised it and said to Doffy, you're special. And from that early encouragement, Doffy went on to develop her creativity, making soft toys, dolls and teddies for her patients when she was a night nurse at Bethesda Hospital. She eventually opened a retail business in 1981, selling her handmade products and venturing into her interior design, gifts and bespoke products business, Doffy House. She also has the ability to create vision, not only for herself, but for her customers. There's a lovely thread of loyal customers who keep her handmade teddies and childhood memorabilia into adulthood. Doffy has a vision for a finishing academy for girls, but we'll talk about that a little later. I'm interested in Doffy's backstory, who she is and how she got to where she is today. Welcome, Doffy. It's great to have you here. Thanks, Pauline. So, Doffy, what is this amazing spark inside you that keeps you going? I think in many ways God gifted inner spark that um, at times totally surprises me. (laughs) So, so when, it, when it surprises you, what is it? What does it feel like? What does it look like? Just um, wild. just feels, um, yeah, big. Like I just feel a bigger um, expression of myself. And, yeah, exciting. Entrepreneur That's... spirit was there early on. <laughs> yeah. But nobody really recognised it in you at first. So what was it that you said to yourself or what was the catalyst where you thought, no, no, I'm, I'm better than this, I can do more than this? I have an me- early childhood memory of being a fairy way oh. before wands and all those beautiful things I've sold. So I probably picked up a stick and a leaf, but I went around putting good wishes on people and I have that memory of me doing that. So maybe I made an amazing wand out of nature I'm not sure (laughs) (laughs) any idea how old you were when you were doing that I think about five six okay years of age yeah cool um because I love that I I like to find out what are those things inside people that are inherent inside people that stay with them for life and it sounds like this is something that stayed with you for life this this um happiness this wish for happiness for people and making people better yes yeah, okay. I took it into nursing at one expression, but definitely creatively for me, it's yeah. making beautiful products, heirloom and creating spaces. Yeah. So tell me about that journey. When was it? So you were making things for your patients at Bethesda Hospital. Where was the spark? What happened when you decided to turn that into a business and open a shop? I think it was the attraction people had very early on, like admiring what I was making and I'm going to keep this 
which, you know, at the time I had no idea that would be 38 years later, some of them have come from that hospital and, you know, they were patients and still have things. But I think for me it was that love of creating very early on. I just, um, yeah, and I, the things that you don't know is that um, entrepreneur spirit but also this um, tenacity where I just thought I can do that. I can do that. And as I developed my business, I said yes to many things. And then I went, oh, my goodness, how am I going to do that? Okay, I'll find out. I'll work this out. <laughs> Love it. Um, <laughs> did, you, did you always know that you had that tenacity? Did you always have this thought that, hey, I can do that? I think I did from birth. Um, mm -hmm. I had an uncomfortable situation in my family where I did not feel that welcome as girl number two. There's uh, quite a number of things. Um, but yeah, I just was different. I felt different in my personal growth journey. I've recognised from the start, and I I ended up very different to three other sisters. I was like trouble on legs. All those things <laughs> that at the time actually inspired me. Yeah, you know, I drove my parents mad. Great, you know, I was a big flirt. Great. <laughs> That's terrific. There's that, that whole sort of finding yourself and becoming an individual, isn't it? It's just about recognising who you are and how to make your way in the world. I love it. So, yeah. um, so tell me about the first shop. So though that spark, you had that spark, you had enough interest. Tell me about the first shop. What I loved with the first shop is, and I still to this day, I love creating a very um, wow type of atmosphere that even now inc includes men and women and children. Like the, a, a real touch of fantasy. People say I retail like nobody else. I didn't know that so much as this desire to be, I guess, on stage out there. I am a Leo. Mm -hmm. There is a, definitely a side of me that's a bit of an actress and I do like that performing aspect of um, my business and retail. Mm. So Coming up to, with the goods. Yeah, <laughs> and there's, there's more to retail than just um, putting things on a shelf and hoping they'll sell, isn't there? Oh, so much more. A lot of it's relationship, very intuitive. That's one thing I think, and people can hone up. But to be intuitive, it's a we, it's a we experience, not a me and you you know so yeah. yeah so how did you learn that or was that that was completely inherent just gifted just gifted you know I always laugh if anyone asks me for too many certificates yes I must find them because <laughs> I just I will take a while to find them but I'll tell you what yeah so I guess in a way that is that learning to love yourself like wow where did you come from oh yeah I like this and not knowing I had those skills yeah, that's really interesting, isn't it? And, and mm. did, did you have people who nurtured those skills in you or was it completely self-nurtured? Largely self-nurtured, but I have a couple of bookmarks. Like I was living in Eastern Mountain in a very, with my family and for most of my uh, childhood, and very black and white, down to earth, not very wealthy family and up the hill and overlooking the river, I made friends with somebody I'm still friends with who um, was part of the Tonkin Hill family related to the courts. Ah, so, Charlie so political Court families and, in Western Australia. Yeah, that particularly. So, yeah, Charlie Court was the then Premier 
he gave me my first Phoenix Award. Ah. <laughs> but, you know, as a, yeah, when I went into business. So really interesting when our lives link. But they're everything about their house, their water, their fridge, everything just attracted, obviously, this stylish, stylish creative side of me. Because yeah. I didn't have it in my own home or environment, but I was totally attracted. Fabrics, I just, yeah, draw card. Wow. Yeah, anything creative, art, colour, just absolutely drew me. So something in, in our spirit, in my spirit, just went, wow, this is for me. Yeah. And so tell me about the Phoenix Award. What was that about? That was for the Small Business Development Corp. I was thinking about this this morning. And I was giving talks to women. This is right back in my early days of business about creative visualisation and how to do what we now call dream boards and visualise what it is you want in your life. And I used my experience, including that story, of coming from very basic home life, no frills, very black and white, you know, experience and just this natural attraction to, you know, beautiful colours and style and, yeah, what I didn't know then was good taste. Well, I believe it is. <laughs> <laughs> and so what, so, so, what, so what was it? Was it that somebody opened a door for you or you were connected to the right? How, do you, how did you, in your home environment, get connected to those other people who were just out of I your experience? I think relationships. I think relationships. And then what part of it is for me that I've now realised is that A door opened, a friendship opened. I went into a home that I was attracted to, visually inspired me. There was a spark coming and then I follow that through. I see the attraction and go towards it. Mm. And in many ways, I and I believe we often need to break through the barriers. For example, we don't have any money. She won't want to be my friend. This is Jeanette, one of the daughters like break through those experiences because of the attraction of what's really drawing our inner spirit. Mm. So what did winning a Phoenix Award do for you? At the time, I was, it, it again, just lifted my spirit and my sense that I can do this. It was very, those early experiences of making something and people wanting to buy it then Mm. opening a shop and everybody came and everyone commented and they loved it when I was on stage of retail. (laughs) Then the Phoenix Award was that sense that I can share with other women and men. I've done a lot of business with men too and um, my life with men, good men, is just that I, yeah, I just love the fact that I could inspire others and and see their life flourish as Mm. well. So that first shop, how long did that last? Oh, well, I got bigger and better. So I was in Bagot yes. Road, Sibirko. Yep. And that would have been about five years. I mm. took on a partner and that was the first and only partner I had for about 18 months. And then I bought that partner out. She invested some money and I bought her out of her sharing the business and then never really looked back. I mean, mm. more recently, yeah. I, I had some challenges that <laughs> um, I'm now recreating my business. Um, but, yeah, that's really the beginnings of my retail and my business f- flourishing. Mm. So you've had a number of premises. How many have you had? 
uh, I haven't counted, but I'd say <laughs> six or seven. Yeah. Wow. Over the 38 years, yeah, the movement, staying in and around. I started in Fremantle, but very low-key from home, and then in and around Subiaco, what we know in Perth as the western suburbs. Yes, and it was a very attractive location. Subiaco's always had that lovely feel to it about um, creativity and very lively sort of atmosphere, hasn't it? Yeah, and that whole um, mix, I guess, of community, mm. but at the same time, every shop I've ever been in, including the one I am now, is old heritage. Never a shopping centre. Just love that strip shopping, you know, see the sky, mm. the birds and the breeze. Yeah, mm. feel the breeze. Mm. So, Do you think that's part of the success, the actual image, the, the, the choosing a location that really represented what you were doing? I think so. Even people say, oh, this is so doffy. I have a client that can describe every shop I ever owned or opened. <laughs> I'm like, wow, she's got a better memory than I <laughs> But it, I think, again, without really initially realising I went from craft into baby children, therefore that was my entry into families. Yeah. You know, and then I developed it into interior design for the whole home. But initially it was baby children. So that's where the, the heirloom or the keepsake, that treasure has come mm. from. And mm. I love kids. Mm. Absolutely adore children. So tell me about that first foray into interior design, doing kids things. Yeah, it was, again, not what I experienced at all in my childhood, but I, there's a, an aspect of my creativity that can be right in that space of childhood. So for me, I started with nurseries where that was both parents, father and mother, experiencing the preciousness of having a child and in a way a, a sense of cocoon, mm. in a way a sense of special space to welcome a baby and both enjoy parenting, you know, mm. and, and the, the special times with children. Mm. And then the wonder and, as I say, that fairy all those years ago. <laughs> so like my shops, I decorate from the ceiling to the floor. Mm. I just take the whole space and make it have a magical and very practical. See, in many ways, that's, again, probably my Collie start, born in Collie. I always put it down to that country girl. So what I do do, I make very serviceable. Yes, you can wash it. Yes, you can look after it. And it's mm. user-friendly. Mm, I love that. I like that practicality of it. That's awesome. So... Then what was the next iteration? So to go from babies and children's, was that just like show me another room? How did that work? Yes, yes, that's exactly how it worked. And people, I have a fabulous story that wasn't to do with children, but it was somebody I knew in a parish and he was at, um, one of our local UWA lecturers at um, university. And he just asked me, oh, Doffy, can you do my apartment? And I went, yes. And then I was like, Oh, MG, what am I going to do? How am I going to do this? And what I did, I've always remembered this. He's always remembered me, by the way. <laughs> I actually, in a sense, interviewed him. It's probably, in a way, a more refined way I do it now. So I asked him lots of things, like, where's your favourite place to sit? What books do you like reading? What's your favourite music? Um, Colours. So I, I actually remember doing that and thinking there's that very strong intuitive because my role is to enhance my client's environment and space so they feel 
um, really at home, like this is their abode. Mm. And um, every now and again you'll hear interior designers that go, oh, my style is, you know, they'll have a particular modern or, you know, um, different style that they express as their style. And when somebody first asked me, what's your style? I went, why, do you want to come to my home? Or I couldn't figure out what they were saying. And that to me is not, it's not my style that I would enter somebody's home or one room or child's room about. It's mm. even with children. I do exactly the same with children. I get to know them a little bit. I get an understanding of what they are attracted to and that's how the room is designed. That's such great business advice, isn't it? Because often mm. it's a case of we jump to solutions for people without really understanding what the client wants, who they are and what their particular tastes are. That's Very fantastic. important. So you have your shop at the moment. You have bigger visions as well. You've always got bigger visions, Doffy. So tell always. me about. <laughs> so tell me, tell Where did me about. That come from? <laughs> can't imagine. Yeah. Um, uh, so tell me about the next step for you. Yes, what I'm doing at the moment is retail. I say is my carrot, my entry point, and I love it. So I've created a small, um, quite unique store in George Street, East Fremantle, early 1900s um, venue, which is brilliant. Um, then we are at the moment compiling both photographs and um, of my different stores, photographs of the products and rooms I've designed. And then people are bringing memorabilia, amazing stories, just gorgeous stories mm. of things they've kept having photographs with me um, one unique story is a young man called Michael whose mum said he wants to come and meet you when he's over from Melbourne he's still got his bear from childhood that his dad bought him at birth I love this story because he said she said that he um, his dad remembers you know what I said when he purchased that bear for Michael his newborn son and apparently and I do say this you're going to fall in love with someone like you've never loved in the same way before and you'll love them for the rest of your life and their life. And I do often say that to both parents but particularly for fathers because I think it, it, it's, a, you know, I guess in a way is just meeting their incredible look on their face often when they walk in. I just can, I just, I go, you've had the baby. It's just this wonderful <laughs> expression of um in father's eyes so he had given michael this band he called it doffy teddy teddy doffy or doffy teddy all michael's life he happens to have um motor neuron and i didn't realize um but i um, before i met him I, his mum made him me aware so i was thinking oh am i going to cry the whole time and i didn't and it was just this fabulous meeting of this bear that had meant in Michael's life from childhood and different times it ended up in the laundry cupboard but it was still with him wherever he went um, mm. and that's just one of many stories blankets and all sorts of things that people have just surprised me always kept them I love that I love that thread of making a difference over a long period of time like it's it's sort of like a life purpose yes. with your with your fairy wand to just bring that to yes people. I love that so tell me about the business as it is, is that is running as it is, but you're going yeah. to be stepping a little outside that, aren't you? 
So tell me about the next yes. project. Well, I'm, I guess, stronger in the link now. So that Doffy heirloom memorabilia, beautiful spaces um, with my retail stores and interior design. Um, from there, I was given a long time ago a vision of my higher purpose or legacy being um, working with young girls and young women and mm. starting a finishing academy. I still have the original notes. I was at a business school for entrepreneurs in Hawaii and it was just a question posed. When you don't just have to earn an income for yourself and your family, what, what do you want to give back? What's your legacy? What's in your soul and spirit? And there are people in my life to this day, one, a manageress of, of my shop at the time, remember me coming back from that business school and saying, I'm going to start an academy for young girls and young women. And it blows me away that, that mm. I was, you know, I guess, again, there's that spirit. I put it out and then I got busy and had a child and <laughs> two stepchildren. Um, but it's never, it's never um, disappeared for me. Mm. It's always stayed alive. So my brand, I believe, and my entry into family life and that, that sense of importance within families is the launching pad for the Finishing Academy. Tell me about the vision for the Finishing Academy. What, what is it that you want to achieve with that? What we want to achieve is a sense of many ages of women, mentors from 18 to 80, I said 85, and there are definitely people of those two ages that I want to contribute and be involved. And it started very much from a sense of wanting to work with um, girls and young women from the inside out, as in their inner sense of self. Certainly from the outside, I've had challenges with weight, um, partly, I believe, because of um, my abusive childhood and other ways that I've put weight on to defend. So often people will, or will see girls and young women express not just with weight but different aspects of their lives so far. And by working from the inside, I feel like we are going to build some brilliant character qualities and enhance what they have in inwardly and I say the outside package will take care of itself I mean we will help them but the the, the model we've built is workshops and experiences now this is very much doffy at childhood we're going to get them down and get them dirty is my language <laughs> <laughs> And I say, you know, which I've been, I've shown all through my life, put your work boots on, let's get started. And that doesn't stop the dreams and the beautiful magic happening. We want to do workshops and experiences that take them into the experience. They won't be sitting behind a desk listening to some amazing woman who looks beautiful, has got the perfect life and the beautiful husband and this is how you're successful. We want all different aspects and all different I guess, lifestyles, um, economic backgrounds of girls and there will be, there'll be profit and that will be used to um, create spaces for the girls that can't afford to come mm. to the Finishing Academy. So it's being set up as a for-profit or a not-for-profit? It's being set up at the moment. There's two models that I copied off, um, Happiness Co and Hucker for Life. I went to that accountant that set them up so it's set up under my company for profit with a, this is my language, with a not-for-profit arm. 
which the accountant went, yep, Joffy, you've got it. That's obviously in a very simple way. Mm -hmm. But the idea being, having grown up in churches and seeing even missionaries on missionary fields poor, (laughs) I believe that you need oil as in a business. You're not in business if you're not making money. Mm-hmm. and including giving back or building a legacy, my belief is that you need the oil for the machine. So we, there will be a cost for those that can afford to send their daughter, granddaughters. It hasn't gone away, this desire from parents and grandparents and some of the girls to come to the, something like this academy. And so there will be a cost for those that can afford to pay, and that will help fund the girls that can't afford to come. How did you recognise this need in the community for something like this? Where, where was the, the catalyst for that? Yeah, I think my own life, growing up <clears throat> one of four girls, I was second eldest. As I say, very different in personality and stamina. I was the one that stood up to a very abusive father in our home. Um, and I have felt for a long time how can I as a woman um, help enhance young girls and young women's lives so that they are um, armed up for a fantastic future. I mean, as time's gone by, you know, it's become as much wanted and needed as it was all those 20 odd years ago when I first had the concept. So maybe watching me, my sisters, and other girls' struggles, my own struggles, because where I went to for quite a while, I had polio as a child, is that area of poor me and how spiritually I was attracted to personal growth. So how is that that I can bring alive myself and put that behind me, choose to have a fantastic life rather than be a victim? Mm. So... I just feel now the more that I have, I mean, almost daily, Pauline, it's incredible, people are coming across my path, both that want that for themselves, want to contribute to it, or dads are hilarious. They'll say, sell me up, Joffy, and I'll go, would you want to know a bit more about it or the cost? Oh, no, 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 no. And then I tease, have you got your credit card there? And, oh, don't worry, I know your address. Um, you know, joking in a sense with some of these fathers and grandfathers, but they see the need. They want it for their girls. And my and our desire is for those girls to be the absolute, whatever it is that they want for their lives, the best life, and to have that and do that alongside good men. I just really, love that yeah. that includes men because men often get forgotten in that equation with daughters and granddaughters, don't they? Absolutely. And, it, you know, it's like I have a wonderful son. He is looking for, he's had girlfriends, but he's looking for that fabulous, spirited, in, um, strong woman. And I, I guess, if I'm honest, one of the things that I have felt creates this as just as much wanted is in some areas this, you know, women are powerful. You know, it's almost like women coming into a great place it's fantastic, but I certainly want to be part of making sure that is not to make men wrong, to overpower men, to trample over, all over their feelings. I mean, mm. just recently, you know, someone said, you know, they didn't have the best role models either, particularly some of the older generation, my generation and so on. So they too 
deserve to have a fantastic, holistic, emotional life, emotional well-being. So, you know, how can we do that with them? Stand yeah. alongside them. Mm. Yes, absolutely. And Enhan- you know that enhance masculinity. Sorry. Yes. Yeah. No, that, really that, enhance it. Yes, and it, it's not about um, empowering women at the cost of disempowering men. It really is a joint journey, isn't it? Absolutely. And women, I honestly feel, if we really tap in, we are the vest, the vessel, or the vehicle for that. Mm. You know, women are have that multi-ability, not just tasking, but that bigger space or whatever it is. I find it hard to define, but we definitely are gifted with the capacity to be inclusive of brilliant mm. men and enhance, have them have their lives enhanced. Yes, it's one of those things that I think um, we're all a bit thirsty for, aren't we? The whole world is yes. thirsty for. Yep, yeah, definitely. That's wonderful. Is there anything else that you'd like to tell me that I haven't asked you about? Um, I think the thing, certainly domestic violence came into my life at childhood and then about eight, eight and a half years ago, nine years ago, I married for the first time. I had been in a de facto relationship prior to that. And for the first time, that that real, I guess, fear and yeah, really sad situation of domestic violence entered my marriage and that was a big call. It, you know, I, in many ways I feel I've had a big life and there's been a lot of challenges and, yeah, I've loved the way that my spirit's been able to rise up and meet those challenges in my business and my personal life. I gave birth when I was nearly 43 with polio then, which created board on help initiate post-polio was a big challenge in my life and yes it is something that I can share within the academy and the rest of my life but yeah that was um that was a time when I felt one of the things she said is you know what do you do um how will you be if you lose everything Mm. and that's exactly how I felt I felt like what's left and I needed to search that out deal with post-traumatic syndrome and search out what is left. And fortunately, it took a while, is to go within. I am Doffy. Mm. I am and have 100% survived thus far. <laughs> and, um, yes, certainly my son, my children, um, particularly my son. Um, yeah, so the winds win beneath my wings um yeah that was what kept me because mm. I really felt at one stage I, I can't do this anymore so I think it is we don't always know until we are really challenged to go within and what is left when everything's feels like it's been taken from you interesting how us, um... who we are Exactly. Mm. We always have ourselves. We have our knowledge, our experiences, our our network, the people around us. We have everything we need to pick up and start again. So (laughs) I love your story, Doffy. Thank you so much for sharing (laughs) it. It's been absolutely brilliant. If people would like to get in touch with you, how do they do that? Um, My mobile number is 0409 882 596. 
Um, my email is creations at doffy.com.au and my website is doffy.com.au. So Doffy, Doffy, Doffy. <laughs> Doffy's become a verb as much my as a name. Plate's Doffy. I love it. My number plate's Doffy and people look now look at the number plate, look at the building, you know, where I am now. It's got yeah. signs on it. All right, Doffy. Got it. <laughs> Good yeah, branding, got it. Doffy. Well done. Excellent. Yeah, yeah. Well done. <laughs> All right, you. brilliant. Thank you so much. I'll um I'll put the links in the notes so that you can get in touch with Thank Doffy. You. Love talking with you, Doffy, and hopefully talk again soon. Cheers. Thank Thanks you. Thanks so much. You've been listening to the Bright Business Women podcast with Pauline Bright. For show notes and other resources, please visit paulinebright.com slash podcast. While you're there, subscribe for future episodes to not only listen to inspiring stories, but to dive deep into what makes you, you, and use your own unique backstory for positive impact. And be a great friend. Please share the podcast with people like you. The Bright Business Women podcast is proud to be part of the Experts On Air podcast network.